And again, I'd like you to take your Bibles and we'll turn to the book of the Hebrews here tonight, Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to bring a message along the lines of help for staying in the race, help for staying in the race. And uh, we're going to talk about races here tonight and also the Christian race here tonight. The Bible describes the Christian life as being like unto a race and a long and enduring race. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1. I'm just going to read down to verse number 4. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest we be wearied and faint in, our mind, in your minds. You have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. I want to consider here tonight this thought of help for staying in the race. Let's pray as we consider this thought. Father, thank you, Lord, again for tonight. Thank you again for this passage of Scripture. Thank you again for the other passages of Scriptures in the Bible that speak of the Christian life as a race. And again, as we consider this life that we have as Christians as a race, as a long, enduring race, I pray, Lord, that you would help us again to be able to run that race in a way that would please you and help us by your grace to understand some things about running and races here tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd have to say the most important thing when it comes to running a long distance race is having endurance. Um, if you're a sprinter, there's no need for endurance. I mean, you just run as fast as you can for about 100 meters or 200 meters. It's done. The race is over. There's really not a lot of need for endurance in that kind of a race. In fact, it's all about explosiveness, power, strength agility, etc. I mean, it's like whoever gets off the line fastest and it gets going again, uh, stays down low to begin with and gets out of the blocks right, etc. That race, he's going to perform well in it. But again, when it comes to races, endurance races, uh, again, there's a lot of different uh, endurance races that you might be familiar with. Now, again, I, I don't know a lot about the long ultra marathon type races. In fact, again, if you want to do a little study on this, I think it would be kind of cool or neat if you uh, like to race. But the marathon, again, and most people are familiar with, again, you're probably familiar with someone who's ran a marathon race. I mean, again, if you're familiar with uh, uh, a, a number of different people, uh, Brother Railings ran a marathon, Alyssa Berg's run a half marathon. Did you know that? Maybe you didn't know that. She ran a 13-point-some-mile race here uh, some years back. But again, uh, marathons, 26.2 miles. I've never run a marathon. That's a long race. And uh, again, I had uh, that as a goal at one time, you know, run a marathon. But, you know, I scratched it off the list. You know, you don't have to do that necessarily. But uh, again, I've, I've ran a pretty long race. I'd say I've ran somewhere maybe around 5 to 7 miles, maybe close to 10 miles. 
as again someone who ran with the NDSU cross country program training for uh, with the cross country runners where I ran a little bit for NDSU way back when way before they were as good as they are today but anyways uh, nonetheless again running five to seven miles to me that's a long race have it, anybody else ran five to seven miles uh, again that doesn't doesn't mean anything about me, but that's, that's not even an endurance race, really. I mean, you might think that's an endurance race. I mean, you can walk five miles, you can walk, run five miles, you can do that sort of thing. But again, when we're talking about endurance races, we're talking about long races. Uh, the marathon, again, is the standard race in Olympics, 26.2 miles. People run that anywhere from two to four hours in length. Now, that might seem like a long race. They're running two hours. They're running four hours. That's a long race. But there's longer races than that. I want to familiarize you with some, some ultra-type races, some endurance-type races. There's what's called the ultra-marathon. That's 100 miles. I think it's crazy to even think about that, 100 miles. I mean, think about running from here to Bismarck, almost, in a race. How long would that take you? 100 miles. I mean, 12 hours. That's about the fastest somebody's ran, about 12 hours. I mean, some have run a lot quicker than that. There's also the 24-hour race. That's just to see how far you can run in 24 hours. Anybody want to join in that one? Just run for 24 hours, see how far you can go. You know how far someone's ran in 24 hours? Just over 170 miles. That's ridiculous as far as a race goes. Uh, running for 24 hours or running as much as you can for 24 hours. I don't know if they stopped or not, but 170 miles. You know, there's a 48-mile, 48-hour race. Anybody want to join that one? See how far you can go in 48 hours? How far has someone ran in 48 hours? 249 miles. Basically, like, almost from Fargo to Minneapolis. 24 hours. Just keep chugging along. You're going to get there sooner or later. How about a coast-to-coast -coast race? I mean, run from the East Coast to the West Coast. How many would like to join in that kind of a race? A guy by the name of Pete ran that in 42 days, 6 hours and 30 minutes. Coast-to-coast, -coast, 42 days. No, that's, that's just too long a race to me. There's a Trans-Canada race. Someone ran that in 72 days, 10 hours and 23 minutes. 72 days. That's a long race. The longest certified race. You want to join one that's in New York that you can take on a regular basis, year, year by year, year after year? The ultimate ultra race. Held in the fall in New York. The course, 1,300 miles. 1,300 miles. I just, you know, just thinking about that, that sounds like a long race. But there's even a longer race the Trans-America Foot Race. This takes place for 64 days. And you run, starting in Los Angeles, all the way to New York. And you spend about 45 miles each day running. You get to rest a little bit in between. You know, it's just 64 days of running 45 miles about a day. That's a long race, isn't it? That is. And if you think about races, I never knew some of these races existed. Before this, there used to be races back in the old days, so to speak, where people would run six days. They'd run from Sunday night 
the Saturday afternoon because they didn't want to violate the Sunday morning race. So they had a six-day race. And so they've run for six days. Can't imagine being some of those long races. Talk about endurance or having to endure. Think about 64 days of running day after day. 45 miles today. How many you get to run tomorrow? 45 more. 45 the next day. You get up to uh, day number 50 and you say, oh, I've only got 14 more days of doing this. Imagine running like that. That's a long race. Racing. You know, people will run and endure a lot when it comes to human or just regular running or racing. But as we see in our text there in Hebrews chapter 12, in verse number 2, in verse number 3, it's important for us to run the Christian race. It says here in verse number one, it says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a count of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. The Bible talks about this race. There's this race that's set before us. It's set before us. And we're to look unto Jesus, the Bible says there in verse number 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And I guess we again enter this race and are part of this race. The most important thing about Again, the Christian race is understanding it's an endurance race. It's an endurance race. You know, to run any of those races I've mentioned, even the shortest race that I mentioned, this 26.2 regular marathon race, it takes a lot of endurance. What is endurance? The ability to put up with tiredness, fatigue. I mean, distress. I mean, Troubles, maybe, during the race. In this passage of Scripture, we see again the Bible describe again Christians being involved in a race. I think of Livingston, I think it was, that said this, I can plod. Might not be much of a runner, but he could plod when it comes to going through the Christian life. I can plod. Nothing fancy about being a plotter. Nothing fancy about being someone, again, who can just keep on going. I can plod. But he understood he was in a race. Let's turn to James chapter 5. Just forward here in the Bible. James chapter 5, verse number 11. <clears throat> the Bible says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job. And have seen the end of the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. It talks about Job and the patience he had and the endurance he had. So again, when it comes to the Christian race, I believe there's some things that are very necessary for us to have if we're going to stay in the race. We must have some endurance. Well, let's turn back to Hebrews. I want to say this also. We must simply decide we're going to join the race. We're going to join the race. 
It says there in verse number one, it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Hey, there's a race. And we need to enter that race and we need to continue in that race. We're not in a marathon race or an ultra marathon race or a race from coast to coast or from one point in Canada to the other point in Canada or from you know, maybe Los Angeles all the way to New York City over a period of 64 days, but we are in a Christian race. And in that race, we're to run it. Let us run. We see that in the Bible with patience, the race that is set before us. We need to join the race. We need to persevere in the race. We need to be patient in the race. It says, let us run with patience. And so, again, if you're going to run a long-term type running race, you're going to have to pace yourself. You're going to have to use, actually, patience. You have to pace yourself so you don't get tired after one day. Imagine being that 64-day race there, and you're going to run 3,000 miles. You wouldn't start running or sprinting the first day. You're not going to make it to day number two. And so you need to pace yourself. And so you need to know yourself. You need to have some idea of what you can endure, what you can't endure. And of course, all those things have to do maybe with your training, if it's a physical race. Again, in a spiritual race, it's about what strength you can draw from the Lord. But again, as we look at here, help to stay in a race, I want to consider some thoughts on endurance running or endurance racing. Again, as the Bible says here, we need to lay aside uh, every weight, it says there in verse number one. Let us lay aside every, every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. Let us run the way with patience. There's, so there's some things that we need to avoid. Weights. We need to avoid sin. Weights are sin, it mentions here. And as we consider again some weights, or as I would call, if we're talking more along the lines of an earthly race, we need to avoid some potholes in the race. What are some potholes that we might find in the race? Well, the Bible says sin. And uh, again, weights that do so easily beset us. Maybe again, weights would be things like distractions or things that might take us off course or might cause us to deviate from the race. Maybe again, it's Again, getting sidetracked by the world or the things of the world or getting too wrapped up in the things of the world. So we have to avoid these potholes or some potholes that we might need to avoid in the Christian race. Well, let's turn to Matthew chapter 13. There's certainly any, any number of potholes that we come up with, any sin or anything that would, uh, any kind of weight that would so easily uh, beset us. But again, let's just look at a couple here, a few different thoughts on some potholes that maybe Christians ought to avoid if they're going to continue the race. You know, if someone, again, turns their ankle on a pothole in a real race, it can affect them from running and continuing in the race. And so it does with sin that might so easily beset us. What are sins that could beset us? Matthew chapter 13 here, verse number 58, it says, and he did not many works, uh, mighty works there because of their unbelief. He did not many works because of their unbelief. What, what could cause a Christian to get off course? It could be unbelief. Not believing God like we could or should. Not being hopeful 
in the Christian race, not believing maybe we can make it to the end, so to speak. Instead of thinking, I can finish this race, we think, I can't finish this race. It's too long of a race. And so unbelief can hinder us in the Christian race. Can I just mention this, and I'm not going to look any scripture really too much about this, but I just want to mention again a person who kind of fell out of the race, King Uzziah there in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, was certainly one of the better kings of Israel there in history. But yet we find him falling from the Christian race as he fell into the pothole of pride. The Bible mentions him being coming diseased in his feet and being wroth with a seer and him dying there and dying in a place of pride. And I'm not saying unbelief, but a place of pride there. Let's turn to Psalm 66. There are things that can easily be said a Christian. Unbelief can creep into our minds or into our hearts and keep us from doing what we should be doing. Pride can get into our hearts instead of humility and cause us to get distracted maybe in the race. Uh, Psalm 66 and uh, verse number 18. Just want to mention a third thing here. And we're just looking at a few things. Psalm 66 and uh, verse number 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I regard iniquity, if we regard sin, we keep sin. We keep maybe sins that would keep us from the blessings of God. These could hinder us. The sins of unforgiveness or uh, sins of bitterness or whatever it might be. These are all different potholes that could hurt us or hinder us or maybe injure us in the Christian race. So we need to avoid the potholes to begin with when running a race. But also, let me say this, secondly, about when we're running a race, we, we need to avoid, secondly, the ease that could easily beset us in a race. Ease. Amos 6.1 says, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Instead of being willing to run with patience the race that is set before us, we might deviate from the race and say, well, I'm just going to sit out. I'm going to sit aside from the race. Again, there may be pressure through hindrances, pressure, again, during difficulties or, or difficulties in climbing hills. Again, the average marathon has some hill climbing in it. The ultra marathon would have all kinds of different uh, things a person would have to uh, go across and that sort of thing. I can't imagine what it would be like running across the whole United States. Imagine having to maybe look ahead and see great mountains you know, it might look beautiful from afar. It might look beautiful from a car. But imagine looking at some mountains and those mountains being something that might be ahead that you'd have to run over or run by. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 40. So in the Christian race, we need to, again, avoid, you know, maybe taking the place of taking an easy route and maybe saying, well, I'll just run the Christian race now and then. I'll run with the world, I'll run again in the race, and then I'll get out of the race, and I'll go back in the race, and I'll be in the race for a little bit, and then I'll take some time off from it, etc. And that can end up being a course that can be very difficult. I mean, think about those in the Old Testament, because of their unbelief, they wandered about for 40 years. Imagine doing that. 
having no place and just traveling year after year and just kind of going around circles. Isaiah chapter 40, verse number 31, the Bible says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as evils. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It was Livingston, I believe, that said, I can plod. I can walk. Again, walking, running. Again, a race might be walk-ran, might be ran-walked. Might be, again, a race, again, where you're only able to run part of it and walk part of it. But we see here in the Bible, it says in verse number 11, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as evils. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Christian life may well be like that in some ways. It's running, and it might turn to walking. I think about as people age, I think about myself and aging, that sort of thing. You know, I can still run today. There might be a day where I can't run. I mean, lots of people can run, and, and, and they can run well, and they can run a lot. A lot of people have endurance. They can run from here to there and everywhere. But an endurance race... As we wait on the Lord, he'll give us strength there, the Bible says, to be able to mount up as eagles and be able to run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not be faint. And so as we look unto Jesus and we avoid ease, but at the same time we look unto him, we will be able to run and not faint. And let's turn to Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. Caleb, I believe, is a Example of a Christian who endured. And uh, although he went through a lot in his Christian life, again, it wasn't really a Christian life, but God, during God-believing life, um, he found, again, God to strengthen him, help him along the way. And so when he got to the promised land and got to the place where he would be able to go into the promised land, he wanted to do something. He wanted a mountain. He didn't want the flats. He didn't want a stream. He didn't want a valley. He wanted a mountain to climb. He wanted a mountain to conquer. He wanted people on the mountain to fight against, to overcome. Joshua chapter 14 here. And uh, verse number 10, Joshua chapter 14, verse number 10 through verse number 12 talks a little bit about this scenario that I was talking about, Joshua 14, verse number 10. It says, And now, behold, the Lord had kept me alive, and he said these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake his word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. He's 85. As I am yet, am I as strong as this day, as, a, as the day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go in to come out. Now therefore give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day, thou heardest in that day how the Anakins were there, and the cities were great and fenced. If be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord has said. And Joshua blessed him and gave Caleb, the son of Jephiel, Hebron, for an inheritance. And Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, 
the son of Japhel, that Kizanite, unto this day, because he hath wholly fouled the Lord, God of Israel. In Caleb's race, he was taken off course to some degree in his way because of all those that he was running with, and so came to his place now towards the end of his life and his ministry there. And the Bible says he was still strong there as in the day he left. Uh, again, to spy out the land, I believe, in verse number 11, where it talks about Moses being sent him out. And, and now he wants to go to war at 85. Caleb didn't say his race was over. He continued in the race. He came, continued the race until he was strengthened the Lord and helped the Lord to be a completer of his race. Let's turn to Luke chapter 9. As you think about a race, there are some things to avoid, potholes, a comfort zone. Let me say this, thirdly, looking back, Luke chapter 9, it would be easy maybe for someone to look at a race and they're going to look back. And often a coach will say that can be the, especially in a short distance race, that can be the difference between a loss and a win is looking back. Someone looking back closer near to the finish line will find someone maybe passing them by because they just simply turn back or look back. Luke chapter 9 here, verse number 62. The Bible says, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And so we need to be careful not to be looking back. It doesn't do any good to look back at mile 1 if we're going to be at mile 26 in the end. Doesn't look, look, I mean, doesn't even look good to look back unless there's some really good reason for us to look back. Luke 17 mentions, remember Lot's wife. Why? Why remember Lot's wife? Because she looked back. Why not look back? Because it takes energy to look back. Why, does it, why is it no good to look back? Because the race is before us, not behind us. It's before us. We need to keep going ahead. There's a third thing that we need to avoid when it comes to running an endurance race, and that's not only that of looking back. That might not be a big deal in, again, a long-distance race, but again, the Bible encourages us not to look back. But there's a fourth thing, and if we turn back to Psalm chapter 78, verse number 9, Psalm 78, verse number 9, in an endurance race, there's going to be a temptation to quit. There will be a temptation to quit. I guarantee if your, your legs are getting tired or maybe again your legs are sore or maybe again you're just plain old tired, you're, you're thirsty, you're weary from the race, you might want to just simply quit. Psalm 78, verse number 9, the Bible says, And the children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day a battle. I've looked at this verse. I've seen this verse a lot of times in the Bible. I've even mentioned this verse in the Bible a lot of times. But they were armed. They had what they needed. And they're carrying bows. And they turn back in the day of battle. That's not good. The course was forward. The battle was forward. But they turned back. What did they do? In a sense, they quit. There's going to be, again, at times in a Christian's life where you're going to be wanting to quit or me wanting to quit or somebody wanting to quit. But there's one thing that 
Again, I just mentioned this here tonight. It's not to glorify sports at all, but there's one thing that I heard from Noah's coach this year that I hope he'll take with him throughout his whole life. And he said this in many games where they were behind. He said this simply, you could hear from the court, court don't quit. And it was said not, not like mean, don't quit, but it was more like, guys, don't quit. Don't quit. You're behind, but don't quit. It may not look good, but don't quit. Stay in the race, don't quit. Quitting is not really a good option because there's a race set before us and we are to continue in that race. Let's turn to Acts chapter 14. Some face persecution through time and we face persecution. The Bible says all they that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. There's going to be this desire to quit. Again, I can't imagine being in any of those kind of races. I could say maybe, maybe in my imagination, I could say maybe I could finish a marathon 26.2 miles. But I don't know that I'd even try a 100-mile race. I mean, that's just so far to run. If you've ever done any running before, I mean, someone says 100 miles. Well, if I can run one, I can run 100. You can run one. You can walk one. But 100 is a whole different story. But in a race, in God's race, we're not to quit. Acts chapter 14 here, verse number 22. Paul comes back to those that he had ministered to. And uh, he says this in Acts chapter 14, verse number 22. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. And that we must, through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. The final kingdom of God, that of heaven, we enter into the kingdom of God by faith, is going to be something that will take us through much tribulation, it mentions here. and mentions for those, those Antioch and Lystra and Derby, those cities he went back to, he exhorted them to continue in the faith. Paul would say, don't quit. Anybody, again, who has endured many different things, all those in Hebrews chapter 11 would tell those in Hebrews chapter 12, that is us, don't quit. It was Winston Churchill during the darkest days of World War II said, I have nothing to offer but blood, sweat, and tears. We should go to the end. In other words, we're not going to stop till the end. We shall never surrender. We shall never give up. Again, those are some quotes from him. We, we shall go to the end. That means don't quit. We shall never surrender. That means don't quit. We must never give up. Let's turn to um, Acts chapter 21. It's a wonderful thing to see here in the Bible. Again, an aged man mentioned here in the Bible. We don't know much about him, but... He's mentioned in the Bible as an old disciple. It's a wonderful thing to see people in the Christian race as older disciples. I just want to read just a little bit about this guy here. Probably not someone you know that much about. In verse number 15, And after those days we took up our carriages, or baggages, and went to Jerusalem. 
And there went with us also certain of the disciples of Caesarea and brought with them one Mason of Cyprus, an old disciple and with whom we should lodge. Mason, an old disciple. And that's what we all should seek to become someday. We get saved by grace sometime along the road in life. And we get into this race. And again, this race is going to be a long, long race. You think about those races I mentioned there. I mean, it seems like a super long race to be 3,000 miles. But we're entering into the Christian race that's going to be over years. Not coast to coast that ends after a couple months but that'll continue on for years and years. And so again, to stay in the race, there are some things to avoid. Potholes, ease, looking back, quitting. But things, there are things, third, uh, secondly, that we must endure. And so let's turn back to Hebrews chapter 12. There are some things that we must endure. And again, they're not the same things that Jesus had to endure, but it does mention that he did endure. He had to endure some things. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. Now, you could take the life of Jesus, and you could take, again, his ministry, really, that somewhat began when he was 12 years old, but didn't really begin in, in full, maybe until he was about 30 years old. And for three and a half years, he traveled from place to place, and from person to person, and from village to village, and from town to town. And along the way, he endured a lot of different things, being called Beelzebub. being ridiculed of many different people, being criticized along the way. In fact, it says that there in, in verse number uh, uh, three there, it says, he endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be weary and faint in your minds. He despised the shame, verse number three, two. People would, would say things that were bad about him and shameful and wicked things about him. And he endured such things. But what are some things that Christians will have to endure if they're going to finish the Christian race? Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. What are some things that Christians must endure to continue in the Christian's race or stay in the Christian race? What are some things? What are some things that are going to come along in your life, my life, any Christian's life that are going to be things you're going to face in a long, enduring race? I mean, I'm not talking a one-mile, ten-mile, even a hundred-mile race, but a life long race that spans years, decades. What are some things we'll endure? First Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 3. I think many of the same things that Paul had to endure. And so let's look at one thing. First of all, he had to endure. First one I want to mention is fears. It says, I was w with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. My speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and in power. I was with you in weakness and in fear. Some may think Paul was this bold, braggadocious individual. I don't think anybody thinks he's braggadocious, but just this, this powerful 
figure in the Bible. I wonder if we really saw him in person, what he would look like. The Bible says here, before some individual, he was in weakness and fear and in trembling. Doesn't sound like some very bold person on his own for sure. But he was in fear. This was during his race. I was in weakness and fear and in much trembling during his race. But he persevered in this race. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Maybe you think that's just an isolated case in the life of Paul. But I believe, again, in every Christian's life, we'll be in places of fear in the Christian life. Something might happen in our life and we're, we're, we're having to face fears, contending with fears. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 5, it says, For when we were come to Macedonia, our flesh had no rest. We were troubled on every side. Without were fightings. Within were fears. Paul had fears. You say, I have issues sometimes with fear. Well, join the club. I believe every Christian will have to deal with fears and endure fears and overcome fears and persevere through fears. Moses didn't want to lead God's people, did he? Nope. He actually tried to argue with God and say, hey, find someone else to lead. But God said, you're the one. You need to run this race. And Moses did. Joshua had to overcome fears. Imagine again going from place to place facing enemies. Some much bigger and mightier than you. That certainly would be fearful. Turn back to Hebrews chapter 12. Enduring fears. But also we see in this passage, Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 3, it says, For consider himself that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. What are some things that we have to endure if we're going to keep going in the course? We have to endure fear. We also need to endure here, the Bible mentions being weary or faint. Just getting plain old tired. I mean, Christians get tired. Jesus experienced tiredness. That's why he sat at the well in John chapter 4. And again, even sometimes of seeing, again, maybe things that we don't like to see. Let's turn to John chapter 5. Imagine Jesus experiencing, again, people rejecting him. Now, I understand he was the God-man, and I don't know how that truly affected him. I do know it caused him to certainly uh, care and be concerned about the Jews. As it mentions, he, he wanted them to receive the gospel and be saved, but they rejected the gospel to a large degree. John 1 says he came on to his own, and his own received him not. Imagine again being a Jew, and then nobody really wanting to hear that you're the Messiah. And yet you do all these miracles, and yet they don't believe. Wouldn't that get tired maybe after a while, at least to some degree? I don't know. John chapter 5, verse number 39, the Bible says, Search the scriptures for them. In them you, see, you think you have eternal life, and they are they that testify of me. So he said this to Jews. Hey, look at the Bible. Please, look at the Bible. Verse 46. For had ye believed Moses... You would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how will you believe my words? Moses wrote of Jesus, and yet they didn't even believe him. 
You know, the first church was actually rather small. It wasn't huge. Turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6, yes, I mean, people thronged him and many people followed him for a time. But again, as he continued in ministry, many left him. Vast multitudes left him. John 6, verse 66, it says, From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with them. You know, he had to endure people leaving the race. He had to endure people, again, making him maybe a little bit tired concerning the race. I mean, working for this and doing this, that, and the other thing, and seeking to be a blessing, all that kind of things. The only time we see what I call, well, there may be other times, but the one that comes to mind is in Matthew 21, where he found only leaves on a tree. He cursed the tree. But Jesus finished his race. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 24. You know, it'll be sometimes maybe in the Christian life where you might think, well, should I continue? Is it worth it? Is, is, this, is this race against something I have to run? Is this something that needs to be done? The fact that sometimes you may fall. And the Bible even mentions that. And I've seen... Racers fall in marathon race and cross-country races, even in sprint races. Proverbs 24 here, verse number 16. The just man falls seven times and rises up again, but the wicked fall into mischief. The Christian might fall or get faint or get weary or just stop for a bit or maybe... You know, as they do in marathons, maybe they swing by again to get some water and then go on from there. But we need to keep on going. And so we need to endure, at times, the difficulties of the race, the tiredness of the race, the weariness of the race. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 6, though. But even in, in the race, you know, someone might say, well, it's, get, it gets a bit, it's, it's getting a bit tiring. Again, it's getting a little wearisome in this race. Well, what should we do in the race? Galatians chapter uh, 6. Actually, I think I got my reference wrong. Galatians chapter 6. No, that's right. Galatians chapter 6. And uh, verse number 7, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall reap uh, uh uh, shall the Spirit reap life everlasting, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And so what keeps a person going the race? Knowing that they'll receive a reaping in the race, a reward in the race. Let's turn back to Hebrews there, chapter 12. As we consider the Christian race, it's a long endurance race. Again, it might go over hills, it might go through valleys, it might have mountaintop experiences, it might have plain-type experiences, it might have just everyday experiences, it might have, again, experiences where we might fall, as it mentions there, again, a just man falling seven times, but he gets up again. We might get faint, as it mentions in the Judges, it mentions Gideon's boys or Gideon's men being faint yet pursuing. But what do we need to do? We need to keep going in the race. It says in verse number four, it says, You have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. 
haven't resisted like Jesus had to resist, striving against sin. And so, thirdly and finally, we need to be able to work, endure fatigue in the race. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Paul was in this race, just like we who are Christians, we that are believers are in this race. We need to be able to endure fatigue, tiredness that may come as a result of the race. Again, racing is tiring. Walking can be tiring. Yes, the Lord can give us strength, as it mentions in Isaiah, as we wait on Him. But yet, the race sometimes gets long, and so we need to be enduring tiredness or fatigue. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 6. Paul writes here, For I am now ready to be offered the departure, uh, the time my departure is hand, as at hand. I've fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but all them that love his appearing. What's at the end of the race? A reward. A crown. A crown for the Christian for enduring, for finishing his course. We look unto Jesus and we continue in the race. Let's turn back to Hebrews chapter 12. There are things that we must avoid. Potholes. Ease. Looking back and quitting. There are things, again, that we, we need to be able to overcome. Fear. Again, fatigue. And again, there uh, again, other, other things that may come along in the race. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1 and 2, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of the faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus finished his race. He endured the cross. He endured difficulties in the race. And we too need to do the same. The ultimate ultra is 1,300 miles long. The Trans-America foot race is 3,000 miles long. But the Christian life is one that endures for years. Help us to run that race. And again, encourage you to keep in that race. Let's close as we consider the word of God here tonight.